Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Saints and Society. My name is Brad, this is Rick, and today on Saints and Society we're going to be talking again about how we don't have to be weird. This is Stop Being Weird Part 3, and we're going to cover how the gospel frees us to not take ourselves so seriously and to enjoy life and the good gifts God has given us. So thanks for being with us. Let's jump in. You are listening to Saints in Society, a podcast focusing on equipping saints to live in and engage with their society. As we dive into the word and with help from experts in their field, we seek to learn how to engage culture in its terms, but not on them. We believe the gospel speaks to all of life and provides the answers we are all looking for. So we aim to equip saints with the tools necessary to apply the gospel to all areas of life, living as saints in society. All right, Rick, I got a question for you to start this thing off. If you could have an alter ego, like someone who you like channeled this, something different. Where are you getting this from? (laughs) I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Shameless plug for the show on Netflix called Snowflake Mountain, where snowflakes are dropped off on a mountain and do survival tasks and challenges to hopefully help them become adults. Really entertaining, really funny. You familiar? What's his? Oh, I am familiar. Based upon you, in a sense, talking about it from the pulpit. Yeah. My wife and I went home and watched it that night. <laughs> What's a snowflake? A snowflake is someone, generally a younger person, Generation Z perhaps, uh, who is easily offended, overly sensitive, and very entitled. Okay. They believe they deserve special treatment because they are unique, like a snowflake. Okay. And so these, there's like, t- there's 20 of them. Their parents trick them into thinking they're going to this private resort to be on a reality TV show. Jokes on them, they get dropped off in the woods and they do all this like wilderness survival training with these two ex-military guys, Matt and Joel, who take them through all these tasks to hopefully help them grow in skills like responsibility and effort and teamwork and those kinds of things. And so they chop down trees and skin a deer and light fires and do different things that they would never do on their own to hopefully grow some some life skills. And the all the people are just really funny. But one of the challenges they do, they break through wood. Mm-hmm. And the Matt and Joel, the guys, try to get them to channel some sort of yeah, alter ego. Yeah, they're trying ego. to amp them up. Like, yeah, get like, them going. Get pumped. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, who, who, if you had an alter ego, yeah. who would it be? What would they be like? And what would you what would you name them? Yeah. And so that's where, that's the background. That's where this is coming from. Yeah. If you had an alter ego, what would they be like? like so basically, like the movie Me, Myself, and Irene. Mm, haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Okay. Because no. also, it's about this guy who's a pushover, but it's it's played by Jim Carrey, but his mm. alter ego is a guy named Hank, and Hank's a jerk. So, gotcha. so if I had an alter ego, mm-hmm. and my alter ego was going to be like that person that could do the really hard stuff. So the stuff that Rick doesn't want to do, because yeah. that's Snowflake Mountain. It's right. like those hands and those nails from those guys and gals have <laughs> have only been manicured. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so if, if I'm tasked to do something that where I got to go to a really dark place or do something hard or difficult mm-hmm. and Rick doesn't want to do it, I think my alter ego's name is Richard. Because we all know what you can shorten Richard to. <laughs> and so therefore, I feel like it's easy to live into that. Yeah. There you go. So okay. my alter ego is, is, is Richard. And Richard, again, can be shortened. Yep. And, and that person is a real jerk. Mm-hmm. And he's going to go to the real dark places to get through tough workouts or you name it. There you go. 
That, that would be my alter ego. Honest question. Yeah. How different is Richard from Rick? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of similarities. A lot of similarities. Yeah. <laughs> what okay. would your alter ego be? I think mine would be named Bubba. Bubba. Because yeah. I think, so I'm, I am technically a, a country boy, but I did not turn out like your typical country boy. And so the, the kind of tough, you know, country, the, the, the alternate route that He's I could have, that I could have taken uh, yeah. in life. Yeah. Uh-huh. Channel that inner redneck, like hillbilly, like, yeah, yeah. Get stuff done. But his name would be Bubba. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. My dad wanted to name me Bubba. Really? And my mom put her foot down and said, no, it's going to be Rick. Praise the so Lord my for middle, your mom. My huh? middle name is Lee. So my name, my first and middle name would have been Bubbly. <laughs> yeah. If your dad would have got his way afterwards, he would have been like, dang it. My yeah. Kid's I name feel is like you, you're going to just need to be tough all around if yeah. you grow up with that name. It's like a so. boy named Sue. Yeah. No. Cool. Well, there you go. Welcome to the podcast with Richard and Bubba. <laughs> uh, today we're going to be talking about Stop Being Weird Part 3. This is the third time we've talked about Christians being weird and how they shouldn't be weird. I think it's worth saying for this one. This is the second to last podcast in the season. So I'd love this to be a great conversation about this because we've sat and talked through Stop Being Weird Part 1 and Stop Being Weird Part 2. And just as a refresher, if you haven't listened to those, you can go back and listen to them. But Stop Being Weird Part 1 was about this whole idea if we acknowledge that we are Christians, a child of God, but that we're also broken and still struggling with sin, then why are we being weird and acting like we don't? We were talking about what does it look like just to confess and be real and be honest about mm-hmm where we're at in life, what we're going through and what we're struggling with. The second one would have almost been one titled addressing snowflakes, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. but the second one was about not being so easily offended. And so today we're going to look at, and, and I'm stealing this from you, Brad, because you said this, and I don't know if you stole it from someone else, Definitely. Uh, but I heard you say it once you take uh, the gospel serious, but not yourself. Do you remember this? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Definitely stole that from another pastor who, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so we're going to look at that today. What does it look like to take the gospel serious, to take the word of God serious, but not take ourselves serious? And yeah, I think that's something that's incredibly attractive to me and magnetic to me when I am around joyful people who seem like they really actually love to enjoy life, Mm -hmm. who take the gospel seriously who aren't wavering on sound doctrine or anything like that, but they're also not just stiff and stoic and just like, I don't know, you know, there just seems to be sometimes and oftentimes in the Christian culture, this like belief that the more somber you are or the more just introspective you are and just serious you are, then the more holy you are. And I'm just like, Hmm. come on, you know? Where do you think that comes from? I don't know. I've wrestled with that too. The, the, the only thing that I could think of is, and just to be clear, I have, I have no no way to back this up, but this is just a thought, okay, a theory. So like everything else we've said on this episode, Essentially, on this podcast, yeah. Cool. Yeah, We're look good. this up on Wikipedia. <laughs> so what I would say is there's a possibility or a theory that it could be a response to maybe like the charismatic movement. Someone like Charles oh, Finney see. or something like that to where it's like, hey, there's all this craziness, all this outgoingness, everyone's dancing, losing control, like Christians are acting like this, like let's let's rein it in, you know? Mm-hmm. And so maybe this hyper conservative or the, you know, uh, we are 
reform, but part of the reform tradition seems to be like more serious and stuff. And so I don't know where it came yeah. from, but maybe it's a response to being overly charismatic or something like that to where it just seems like, Hey, that's not self. Cause I guess the one word to be self-control is like, that doesn't seem like it's modeling self-control. And I would, I would agree when people are saying they're being slain in the spirit or, you know, and, and they're barking like dogs and drunk, having drunk laughter. None of that to me, if the fruit of the spirit is self-control models or reflects right. self-control. But I don't know if that's leaked into Christianity or like, hmm. it's just with everything else to where we need to be stoic and serious and hardly ever smile or something like that. But yeah, it hmm. just seems, yeah. Maybe it's like rooted in more of a fundamentalist, like a footloose, like no dancing, no gambling, no cards, yeah. no, um, no, like a very strict. No fun. Yeah. yeah. Which I wonder if it's not only in response to the charismatic movement, but maybe even in response to like the 60s <laughs> and mm-hmm. like the sexual revolution. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's probably some pendulum swinging from culture as well. Of like yeah. the you know non-Christians do all these crazy things and it looks fun, but nope, we're going to straighten up our tie and not yeah. participate in those activities. and Be square. Yeah. Make sure that. In the world, but not of it. And so we can't do anything that looks similar to, to the world. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I think the gospel of grace, God's goodness gives a lot of freedom to enjoy life and to have fun. And, and as you said, to take the gospel serious, but not take ourselves serious. Mm -hmm. And I think sadly, oftentimes what happens is it is, it is people just taking themselves so serious or they think like the more stiff or rigid or serious I am, the more holy I am. And it's just like, that is still in a sense, trusting, I don't know, in some personality or external behavior to make you holy, you know? And, and man, I want to be around fun people. I like to have fun. I like to joke. I don't want to take myself too seriously. And I don't want to be around a bunch of people that are just really stiff and serious and don't like to have fun. I mean, If I, if I wanted to do that, I would join Mormonism, you know, <laughs> I don't know, Jehovah's yeah. Witness or something like it'll get rid of Christmas and everything else. It's like yeah, everything yeah. fun and good. Yeah. Yeah. No birthdays, no yeah. nothing. No fun. <laughs> no fun. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems also, Brad, it just seems, it doesn't seem consistent even with like Christ's life. I mean, look at the pushback he got from the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. They're like, whoa, 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 who is this guy? He's hanging out with sinners and, and tax collectors. Mm-hmm. He's a drunkard and a glutton. Like they're like, whoa, th- th- this guy's like going to the parties. He's going to hang out with these people. He's, he, he's not living the lifestyle. And it's just like, I guess Jesus was having too much fun for their liking right. or something. And, and so he got pushback, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Also the New Testament speaks of joy that word 60 times. Paul ta- Paul talks about it in Philippians. Do you know where he's at in Philippians, Brad? This is a uh, trivia question for you. Not at a party. <laughs> yeah. He's in prison. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and he's, he's talking about rejoice. And he says, again, I say rejoice. Like, like Paul seems to have like just a deep level of joy that comes from his relationship with Jesus Christ. And I think that's going to look different for people. I don't think sure. we have to shift personalities or be someone we're not. But I also think some people could afford to relax, to not take themselves so seriously. Mm-hmm. Jesus came that we could have life and have it abundantly. That word also means exceedingly superfluous, like, like just a lot. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, a, a tremendous freedom and blessing that Christians have. How does the gospel free us to not take ourselves so seriously? What, what about the gospel gives us 
that kind of exceeding joy. Let me start and you build on it, okay? Okay. Oftentimes, I think the reason we take ourselves so serious is because we're worried about people's perception of us Mm -hmm. or we're worried about making mistakes or we're worried about like making sure that we're staying on top of things. And, And I'm ultimately not secure by the life that I live right now. My security as a Christian comes from the life that Christ lived 2,000 years ago for me. And so it's not about me upholding an image, which we've talked about that and stop being weird part one. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not about me never making mistakes because I think that's part of it too, is like, I don't want to fail. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to make mistakes. And so that, that produces like, like, I don't know, a sense of being, just being rigid. Mm-hmm. I think the gospel frees you. It's like, even if you make a mistake, it won't define you. Mm-hmm. Even if you succeed, I'm sorry, but that doesn't define you. You're not defined by your successes or your failures. You're defined by the victory of Christ that he won for you. And so I think that produces an ability to just relax, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think you hit it pretty well. There's probably some fear about, yeah, if I do this or participate in this or, I don't know, make make a joke. Or if I if I'm not so serious, then image, what will people think of me? Probably some of it's like, what will God think of me? I think I think that's probably where a lot of people are at. Is it actually a distorted view of God that his his like delight in them or approval of them is based on their actions? And so yeah. if they, it's a little bit of Pharisaism where you here's the law, we're gonna draw the line a really long ways away from the law so that we don't get even close to touching the law. But then the line we've drawn outside of the law becomes the law and then you get legalism. And if you have just very legalistic people that uh, they're constantly afraid of breaking their new laws that they've made, mm-hmm. there's a uptightness to that because of probably a fear of what God's going to think. I of think them. uptight's a good word mm-hmm. because I think sometimes I think the thing that, that is a turnoff for me is just being around people that are really uptight. And, and I think may, maybe the question in discipleship for them is, is some of the questions that we've asked, but like, Hey, do you feel like you're uptight? Or I, I don't know if I've, you know, if I've shared this with you before, but, but just being around you feels like you're always uptight. Like, like, what do you think's going on there? And I think engaging in those conversations, you know, with a lot of grace and with gentleness, but even just like making people wear that, because sometimes people might be like, well, I don't feel uptight or like, I don't want to be perceived as this mm-hmm. and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, I think uptight's a good word. Maybe there's confusion around what it looks like to live a holy life too. Yeah. Because if what you've been told your whole life is, hey, what it looks like to be holy. And I think this is where it can get really gray and really confusing for, for women. And, and I, I give all of our women listening to push back against this. But for so long, it's like there is this culture and society of like, know your role as a woman, don't talk, be quiet. A, a, a good woman is just a woman who just kind of knows her role and keeps her mouth shut, you know? And so it's like, if, if we're telling people like, that's what it is to be respectful, that's what it is mm-hmm. to, uh, to be honorable. And, and then uh, like we, we leak that and that's also what it is to be holy. Then I think that's another mm-hmm. thing where it's like people view it as like the, uh, the less I talk, the more I just like, you know, am, am going this direction, looking serious and doing all that. Like, that's what it is to be holy, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. And like you said earlier, it's looking to ourselves to for righteousness. It's looking to ourselves for holiness and some kind of action we can do.
Hey everyone, on this episode's Local Business Spotlight, we're gonna be talking about Hiren's Drugstore. Hiren's has been a family-owned and operated business in the Eugene area since the early 1930s. Hiren's is a, a great pharmacy, locally owned and locally ran, uh, and also they have a lot of other products in the store. If you've ever been to a Hiren's, it's probably one of the most unique stores in uh, the Eugene Springfield area. You can find all kinds of Oregon Duck gear in there. You can find a really great greeting card selection, probably the best in town. Uh, all kinds of other gifts and, and oddities and different things that, that, that you can find in that store. It's a lot of fun to go in and it's also a pharmacy. In the early 1930s, Jack Hiron started Pennywise Drug uh, on Broadway Street in Eugene. And then Jack's son, John, took the store over in the 60s. Uh, John eventually married Phyllis and Phyllis is the one who brought a lot of the uniqueness and creativity and originality to Hiren's which is uh, what is probably most notable about the the store today. Now John still works on the sales floor. You can find him in the Hiren's on 18th and you can also find him working alongside his son Steve who has a big part in the business as well. Hiren's is great. Consider using it for your pharmaceutical needs uh, for all other other needs you might have and maybe things that you don't need but you walk in and find that you want. Uh, when you're in there, if you see John or Steve, be sure to tell them hi and that you heard about Hirons on Saints and Society. So take the gospel seriously, not ourselves. How, how do we, do you think there's a line barring sinning so mm -hmm. when we're not taking ourselves seriously, we're enjoying life, we're having fun, we're, you know, the, the, the like clear line is, well, don't sin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so have fun and don't take yourself so seriously, but don't cross into, which we have clear scripture on, and then also yep. our conscience um, and the spirit convicting us of those things. Yep. Do you think there's any other, is there a place for like wisdom and discernment and uh, considering your witness to maybe the people you're around, like beyond beyond the line of, not sinning, would you say anything else that might caution people to not take, to don't take yourself so seriously too far? Yeah. And I think to be clear of what I'm saying is, I think it's Ecclesiastes 3 verse 4, but it says that there's a, there's a season for laughing. There's a season for mourning. There's a season for dancing. I'm butchering it. Uh, there's a season for weeping, laughing, mourning, and dancing. So you have seasons of life because I'm, what I'm also not saying is that you should always just be like fake joyful right. with a fake smile on your face and just pretending that everything's good in life and, and that you're always supposed to be in a season of dancing. What I'm also not saying is that, uh, is that you, you need to basically just party all the time and, and show everyone that you're a good time and like to have lots of fun mm -hmm. because I think you could send mixed messages there too. Uh, Maybe you're at a party and there's beverages being passed around. You've only had one, but you're just like acting, I don't know, crazy. People mm. are, could naturally assume that you've had too much to drink and stuff. So I think with all things, there's wisdom and discernment. Yeah, I think as you know, we, we started the alcohol podcast. We're going to continue it again. I think it, you know, scripture makes it clear that wine can, can make us look foolish, but it's also a gift from God. Mm-hmm. And so I think things need to be held with, with attention. I also don't think that our focus is 
how do we get as close to sin without sinning? I, I think our focus is how do we glorify God through enjoying the life he's given us? That's again, that's Ecclesiastes throughout. Mm-hmm. Like enjoy your toil and, and enjoy good wine, enjoy the wife you have, because this is like your toil here in this life, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I think like, it's okay to enjoy life. It's okay to enjoy wine. It's okay to enjoy our wives, the good gifts that God has given us because he's, he's the giver of these good gifts. Mm-hmm. So I think the rest would be for some people's how do I enjoy? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So the question to ask is not, am I sinning? It's not a bad question, but maybe more or like first we should ask, am I glorifying God and yeah. enjoying the gifts that he's given Yeah. Um, and the life that he's given me? No. What does it look like to take the gospel seriously? I think what it take, what it looks like to take the gospel seriously is that our lives are saturated in the gospel. So, Jesus becomes, or Jesus is, I'll say, just a normal part of our daily life, rhythms, talking routine, and everything like that. That uh, wherever we work, whatever we do, um, but especially for us as pastors, that that the gospel is the central driving message of every sermon, but it's also the the gospel is how we think through ministry. It's it, it, it's it's the primary lens we're thinking through things philosophically, just anything like that. I think what it looks like to take the gospel seriously is that, but also never wavering on the gospel. Culturally, right now, people are saying, you know, this is a gospel issue and this is a gospel issue. I can't stand those statements because the gospel is, has always been, and Paul makes this clear in Galatians, if an angel or anyone else preaches you a, 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 something other than what we have, another gospel, let them be accursed. The gospel is the person in the work of Jesus Christ. You can't add your works, your efforts, anything. You can say this is the gospel leads us to respond in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the gospel is, and, and I think the way we take it serious is by protecting what it is. It is the person in the work of Jesus Christ, not man's efforts, not anything of man other than the sin that we bring to it. Yeah, that's good. In the same way, I think that's the way we take the whole counsel of God's word serious is we don't stand in the pulpit, share opinions and thoughts and stuff like this, like we're doing in a podcast. We mm-hmm. stand up there and preach the authoritative, divine, inspired, infallible word of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we do. We, we take that serious. But even in that process, as we take the word of God serious, I don't think we have to be up there also being so strict and rigid that, that we have to take ourselves so serious. And so I think yeah. that's a prime example of a place to be like, this is what it looks like to, I think, have fun with the gift of preaching. I, I want, I'm going to do this job for the rest of my life. And I, I don't think like my, somehow it makes me more holy to be like, when I get up there, I have to be super serious and never have fun preaching. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, plus I don't know that I want to listen to those preachers. I was like, mm-hmm. this looks like you're miserable up there. So, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Preaching is like a good place to kind of see this play out where you're standing on the word of God. You're taking it seriously. You're proclaiming it as truth and not wavering on that while also standing there as a broken man mm-hmm. and only that yeah. <laughs> who has uh, likes and interests and problems and mis- you know, makes mistakes and uh, that kind of thing. I have been reading um, The Imperfect Pastor by yeah. Zach Eswine. Great book. Super good. Yeah. yeah. Anyone interested in ministry or in ministry, I would highly recommend that. But he has this, he tells this story, maybe you remember it, of when he's in like a seminary class and or it's like some cohort and everyone's sitting around and they're like, Zach, like you have... Uh, any like wisdom for these up and coming pastors? And he's like, ah, 
Jonathan Edwards farted. <laughs> and they were like, what? He's like, the point I'm trying to make is that he was a human. Like Jonathan yeah. Edwards was a human who had to yeah. use the bathroom and like his body functions the same yeah. as everyone else's. And yeah. so we can, we can put people like Jonathan Edwards on a pedestal because of his theology um, and forget their humanity, you know, forget that Jonathan Edwards like probably did dumb things and said funny jokes and like, it, you know, enjoyed life and, and all that kind of stuff. So Martin Luther. Yeah. Constantly was, you know, had snarky comments, was joking, but he said like one of the things that like even kept him going as a man, like he battled intense depression. One of the things that kept his, kept him going was his wife's sense of humor too. Mm. And it's yeah. like, I think those moments in life where it's like, you can laugh. That's, you know, mm -hmm. that's okay to do. You can, you can relax. You can, yeah. you know, so yeah. Yeah, for sure. As we're talking about stop being weird, taking the gospel serious and not yourself. I think don't stake everything in this, but just maybe as, as, as some sort of an indicator, do non-Christians invite you to things? Mm. Do non-Christians want to hang out with you? Are, are they attracted to you or is, is your lifestyle that you're portraying so far and above them that they can't even relate to you? Because Jesus was magnetic. Mm -hmm. Like people wanted to be around him. And here's the thing. Everyone wanted to be around him. Like he went in the Pharisee's house, but like, you know, he went into Zacchaeus house. Like people wanted to be around Jesus. And so he, he had a sense to where like he, he was magnetic. And I think sometimes if, if, again, if we're willing to be honest with ourselves, maybe just maybe the reason why we struggle to have non-Christian relationships, maybe the reason why, you know, we don't hang out with non-Christians and stuff like that is, is, is that we have in their eyes. And I'm saying this as someone who started following Jesus at 23 in, in, in their eyes. Well, I'll use a real example. I had a friend going, growing up. You know, this friend, maybe he listens to this podcast. And so we'll just keep names out of it. <laughs> but, but his family grew up in, in a very legalistic church environment. And I would oftentimes hang around with him and with his family and, and loved them. They seemed like a loving family. However, it seemed like that I would never, and, and I remember feeling this, that I was never going to measure up to how their family was and that I was probably never going to be accepted. Like there's no way that I can live like that. There's no way that I can uh, measure up to that. Was that some of my own proje projection? Sure. But part of it was the way that they lived their lives, the way that they interacted or the ways that they didn't interact. And they also cut themselves off from dealing or, or from interacting with just non-Christians and people in society. And so I think sometimes there's, there's an intimidation piece from the non-churched world, or there's just a piece to where they're, they're looking in going, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I'm ever going to measure up to them. I don't know if I can ever be friends with them. You know? And, and so I think we're almost not normal. I mean, mm -hmm. Christians aren't. If you look at the message that we believe to someone who is secular, who's not in Christ, it's absurd. You know, yeah. we believe Jesus Christ came, lived the perfect life, died, rose from the dead, which no one's ever done in human history, <laughs> ascended into heaven. He's coming back, back one day on a white horse, <laughs> you know, and, and it's just like, yeah, we believe that. We believe that because God's opened our eyes to see that's a beautiful message of mm -hmm. redemption. But for the rest of the world, you, you, you take our beliefs and then maybe some of our weirdness, our seriousness. I think sometimes it can create a hindrance for relationships. Yeah. Is that fair? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I heard a pastor one time say before, like before he started preaching, kind of welcomed non-believers 
and it was like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about Jesus. You know, this guy that we're gonna sing about him, we're gonna talk about him. Mm-hmm. This whole service is gonna be about Jesus. You might not want anything to do with Jesus, but I just want you to know that we're probably more alike than you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're normal people that believe yeah. in Jesus, yeah. but we're more alike than you think. And I think that's really helpful, not just to say that, mm-hmm. but actually to live. It's like, yeah, there's things that are gonna be different about our lifestyles, absolutely. But we're not so completely different that non-believers wouldn't even want to be around us. Yeah. So, um, one time I'll use a personal example. Uh, my wife used to work at a restaurant here in town. Worked with all non-believers. She did a really good job of building relationships with them, and they invited us over to a friendsgiving. And um, the friendsgiving, it was we had tofurkey, which is not would not be my choice of main course but uh i think it was like a vegan that was a very gracious yeah <laughs> gracious response right there yeah we had dinner there's one place that tofurkey belongs the trash <laughs> the trash can <laughs> right next to normal turkey yeah. make a ham come on yeah. um uh after we got done eating dinner, uh, they all wanted to play Cards Against Humanity. Are you familiar with the game Cards Against Humanity? Yep. It's basically yep. the adult version of Apples to Apples. Yeah. And Jen and I didn't know what to do. We, like, we were like, ah, oh, we're like around all these unbelievers. We're in their home. They've invited us over. You know, obviously there's inappropriate stuff in this game. It's like we can laugh about it, but what kind of messages would that send? And I, I don't know if we made the right decision or not. We chose not to play, and we just kind of like observed, which felt so awkward yeah. and weird. Yeah. And I think if I could go back. I think I'd probably just play the game and to like show that like, yeah, we, you know, I don't like tofurkey and I believe in Jesus, but I'm also like a normal person that can laugh at a poop joke, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe that would have been wrong and maybe, maybe I should trust that I was responding to my conscience there. But I do think there was some fear of like, if I do this, does that make us look like we're not, act- not good Christians or something? Yeah. You yeah, know? So. yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where it's going to be important to be sensitive to our conscience, to be sensitive to the spirit and live in community. Because again, you and Jenna are there making a decision by yourself, but mm-hmm. you know, which thankfully you had Jenna there yeah, and you had support. When Jesus sent people out, he sent them out in pairs. And so I think just living in the context of yeah. community, because there's a safety there to be like, yeah, man, I don't think we should do this. Or I think we should do this. Or like, mm-hmm. hey, let's do this. But let's hold each other accountable to what this looks like and stuff. But yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Can you think of people, I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you think of people that you know that, that model this well? And part of it is even as we were talking about theologians, we're like, what, and people we'd want to hang out with. Oftentimes people aren't wanting to hang out with someone who just seems yeah stoic, you know? We've talked about this before when we, one of our questions was what theologian would you yeah. want to hang out yeah. with? And we were both like the ones that seem fun. Yeah. The one, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think our church has a lot of people like this that I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, people who are really, really, really good at engaging with their non-believing friends. Yeah. Um, but who also aren't afraid to share the gospel with them. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of like names I could think of, which um, I think you're good at this. Oh, thanks, Brad. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I think you take the gospel really seriously, but you're also good at not taking yourself seriously you are really quick to make fun of yourself and just pretty easy to do <laughs> yeah you know, i got a lot ruin of this compliment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um no i think yeah i just i think and i think that's probably part of the reason why church does this well is i think that flows down from leadership so. yeah yeah some of the like older theologians that are still alive that that i think 
man and this is not a knock but like i think john piper is an incredible preacher but like i don't know that i look at john piper and think it seems like it'd be a lot of fun to, to go hang out with him you know but you got a guy like steve brown and steve brown is an older theologian who just seems like he just loves to he loves life hmm. and, and maybe that's a good way to say it is like god's given us the gift of life do we love the gift that he's given us and i'm mm -hmm. not saying we love that gift more than the gift giver but i think we love and 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 enjoy the life that he's given us yeah. you know those days are numbered and so yeah I, I just think seeing the people that have i just think that sense of joy and again i want to be careful to not confuse joy with personality so hopefully we, yeah. we've made that clear because i don't think everyone needs to have this bubbly outgoing personality which which i don't think people need to have i, I think there's a way that we can do this while being who god mm -hmm. created us to be yeah, yeah for sure I got an idea as just a really practical piece of application for people that are listening. Since you have security in Christ, I encourage you to ask people this question. Ask them, does it seem like I take the gospel serious? And does it seem like I take myself serious? Mm. And, and and so like, yeah, or does it, you know, because maybe you'll hear it doesn't seem like you take the gospel serious and, uh, and, and maybe you'll hear it seems like you take yourself too serious. Yeah. But I think we have the freedom to, to, to ask that and then even say, what do you think would help for me not to take myself so serious or like, how, what do you think it looks like to, for me to break through some of those barriers? I think those are the yeah. questions we need to be asking people yeah. in, in our relationships. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I don't think we planned this, but each episode has almost built to us being able to ask that question of other people yeah. right? because of the gospel we can confess our sin and be honest about our failings and mistakes because of the gospel we don't have to be offended yeah. <laughs> about everything and so let's sit down with one another and ask like hey am i taking the gospel seriously and am i taking myself too seriously and we can receive those things because of the hard the identities we have in christ yeah that's good Cool. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode of Saints in Society, the last episode of Stop Being Weird. We really, really believe that in Christ, there is a lot of freedom that we have to be ourselves. And so hopefully this has been encouraging to you. Uh, we will catch you next time.